Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Dan 1132. It's good to have you here with me once again. This is episode 68. And in this episode, I'm going to be returning to a a topic or a theme that I've spoken of several times, a number of times throughout throughout this podcast. And that is the COVID uh, situation of the last couple of years. Now, you may be asking the question, why? Why bring it up? Why continue to speak about it? It's now November of 2022, and it's practically three years since all of this started. We no longer are dealing with lockdowns or or mandates in in many areas, and and, uh, some people have said, well, it's over. It's something in the past. The editor of Atlantic Magazine has has said we need to declare an amnesty on, on the wicked things that people did during the pandemic. We need to forgive and forget, and we need to move on. Well, there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to return to this theme and return to this subject. First of all, it was a discussion or uh, an interaction, online interaction, between somebody called uh, Meghan Markle and Jordan Peterson, which ended up as a discussion about the relationship between men and women and how uh, Jordan Peterson said that, that it's women that need to deal with this discussion uh, if you're unfamiliar with the uh, uh, the conversation or the interaction as it went on, you can you can check it out online. If you're uh, somebody who watches Jordan Peterson, you probably know about it. But if not, it's it's not really that important for what I'm going to speak about today. What I'm actually going to do because that that discussion actually reminded me of a book that I had read earlier this year, and the author of the book is Mark McDonald. Mark McDonald. It, it says on the cover MD because those uh, those initials uh, became were important uh, for the sake of his case. As we live in a culture where the experts are trusted, he uh, made sure to put the MD behind his name so that people would know that he is a medical doctor and he is a, he is a uh, a clinical uh, psychiatrist uh, practices in Los Angeles, and he also has a Substack. So it's uh, if you're familiar with Substack, it's like a, a blog, uh, and it's markmcdonaldmd.substack.com, where he also has a number of very, very good articles. But And he's written another book since he's written this one. Uh, this book is called, holding up to the camera for those of you who are watching on Rumble, The United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. And it's a it's it's not a big book, but it's a it's a very very powerful book, and uh, I haven't spoken about it until now. Perhaps a little bit fearful about what it contains, and I must say that I think that Mark McDonald uh, is either a, a, a very brave or a very foolish man, being a, a, a practicing professional in a city like Los Angeles and coming out with a, a no holds barred work like this that completely goes against the uh, the cultural stream that we're in. And so he's putting himself in the firing line, really, when it comes to the thesis of his book. And you'll see that as, as we go through it. But I think he makes an excellent point. And I think it's a point that we need to take seriously and a point that has effects that go way beyond the entire COVID-19 situation which is why I'm choosing to focus on this now, because it isn't something that has gone away. It isn't something that we can say, well, it's a a thing of the past. Let's just forget about it and move on. 
because the things that there were the situations that led to the response to COVID-19 in early 2020 and 2021 and up until this year, they're still there. That hasn't changed. And so we need to consider what happened or what's still happening, the trends, the uh, the societal shifts that have happened to lead us into the place where we are now. Uh, so the introduction, I'll just uh, give you an outline of the book. And the, the introduction is entitled The Other Pandemic, The Making of a Mass Delusional Psychosis. The first chapter is called The Terrorization of Women, A Brief Cultural History. The second chapter is Dereliction of Duty, How Feminized American Men Failed Their Women. Third chapter, Fanning the Flames, The Role of Media and Government. And the fourth chapter, The Way Forward, Working Our Way Back to Sanity. And his follow-up book to this one, which I haven't read, uh, follows up on that fourth chapter particularly for The Way Forward. How can we overcome, how can we do battle against this culture of fear? McDonald talks about, in this book, he talks a lot about his experiences as uh, a child and adolescent uh, psychiatrist and what he experienced through the pandemic and the fear that he saw. Obviously, as a psychiatrist, he has uh, that that insight, that uh, educational insight into psychiatry. He also writes from uh, uh, the perspective of uh, a believer of some sort. I'm not, not sure exactly where he comes from, but that, that does come through in his writing. Uh, and he's, he speaks about the, the a lot about what that fear, what the, the the cause of fear, the purpose of fear, and then the pathology of fear. And he says, on an emotional level, pathologic fear produces the same result. It paralyzes one from engaging with life. When fear no longer protects from harm, but simply inhibits one from living fully, it ceases to be helpful. When fear becomes the primary driver of decision-making, the quality of our decisions begins to suffer. So each one of us lives with some degree of fear. But for some people, he says, that fear becomes so great, it becomes so impairing, so insufferable, that they would come to him, to Dr. McDonald, looking for a solution. And that could be, he says, insomnia, panic attacks, obsessions, compulsions, melancholic depression. And he said that solution sometimes involves medication, some form of talk therapy, or both. But that pathological fear, he says, it becomes where fear itself becomes an illness. It harms not only the individual, but it also harms society. And he looked, he, or he is looking for the causes of this. And one of the things that he sees in the, the adolescent population is a predisposition to internet and cell phone addiction, which strongly correlates with sleep deficit, anxiety, stress, and depression. So there are certain things already, or, or structures or, or developments at play in our society, which already lead to a propensity towards anxiety among children and young people in our society. 
But he says that there was a what happened during the 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 during the first months of the COVID pandemic and continuing on throughout was a, a mass delusional psychosis. So he he uses that term, and, and it's very similar to Matthias de Smet, who I spent some time talking about uh, the mass delusion. He doesn't speak about psychosis, but Mark McDonald does. And he says, adopting a worldview that rejects and attacks reality is psychotic. Although we most often see it in individuals, cult leaders, homeless drug addicts, celebrity stalkers, Psychotic illnesses can also affect groups of people and indeed whole societies. This can happen when everyone becomes hyper-focused on one issue, when fear becomes the predominant emotion and rational faculties become paralyzed en masse. This is exactly what happened to Americans in 2020. And as usual, an American author speaking to an American audience, that's understandable, but obviously it goes beyond, far beyond the borders of the United States. And what McDonald found and what he saw in the response to the supposed threat of COVID-19 was the fears of particularly women coming to control decision-making. And, and he goes on to explain that, and he has a chapter about fear in women and fear in men. But he says this, talking about married couples who he had come into contact with. He said, I found that in most cases, the more emotionally driven the wife was in her insistence on instituting irrational constraints on her family, the more passive and accommodating the husband was in his stance towards his wife. And so he goes on to talk about his interactions with couples, and he says most, many men privately admitted that their wives had become overprotective to the point of paranoia. By and large, however, they were reluctant to challenge them. So the husbands were reluctant to challenge their wives. And he talks about several uh, experiences that he had, several examples from his own experience of families that had come to him for counseling where this was exactly the case. So, so this, this was uh, his own experience. And then he, he relates that experience to broader truths. And one of the facts is, is that women are far more likely to experience and suffer from the, the, the pathological effects of fear. In one study of nearly 27,000 women across cultures, women displayed nearly double the prevalence of generalized anxiety and panic disorder compared with men. Greater susceptibility to fear then, both rational and otherwise, appears to be a natural consequence of being a woman. But he says that biology and psychology alone cannot go all the way in explaining why uh, there is such a disparity of fear and anxiety between women and men. He says, women have always been mothers. They've always had to protect their children from danger. Their relative physical weakness and vulnerability to physical harm from men have remained constant throughout time. By any objective standard, women are now safer from men or the threats of men uh, with violent crime rates at all-time lows in most cities through the end of 2019. But he said, has something changed? Or what has changed uh, more recently 
to exacerbate women's fears. And that's where he comes to speak about successive panics that have uh, afflicted the world since the 1970s, the threat of environmental collapse. He speaks about uh, Greta Thunberg and, and her activism, Alexandra, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and uh, her claims that the world is going to come to an end in 12 years if we don't address the climate change issue. All of these kinds of uh, anxiety-producing uh, panics and scares uh, and he says, several generations of American women, the freest and most affluent women in history, have been persuaded that ours is a country that hates them and seeks to drive them back into patriarchal subjugation. So there's, there's an overarching message that's being proclaimed to women is that you should be afraid. You should be afraid of these things. You should be afraid of other things. You should be afraid of things specifically because you're women. So women who are naturally more cautious and naturally more fearful in that way have that fear made worse and worsened because of these things. And so Americans in general McDonald writes, are far more anxious and fearful than at any time since such measurements began. And women disproportionately suffer its effects. And he says, he goes on to say that only one thing that might have helped them avoid this state of clinical pathology is the men in their lives. But they are the very thing which ironically they have been taught to fear above all. In the next chapter, in chapter two, MacDonald speaks about the, how feminized American men failed their women. And so he talks about the importance of, of masculinity, the importance of the male role, the, the, what we could say is, in, uh, between quotation marks, the, the traditional male role. He says, the stigmatizing and decline of traditional masculinity has had disastrous consequences for both men and women and their relationships with one another. Now, before I go on, I'm just going to point out another book, which uh, I recently finished reading, which I'm also going to be speaking about uh, on the podcast at a future date. And this is a, a very recently published book called The Case Against the Sexual Revolution, a New Guide to Sex in the 21st Century by Louise Perry. For those of you watching on Rumble, you can see it up on the screen. And she says much the same thing. And, and she writes uh, from uh, what she says is a feminist perspective uh, against the sexual revolution. So, but the, it's the stigmatizing and decline of traditional masculinity has had disastrous consequences for both men and women and their relationships. Now, this is this is true. So there's a there's a, a sociological aspect to this, where masculinity has become toxic. Uh, even uh, products marketing themselves to men are proclaiming that uh, that toxic masculinity is a great evil. You know, when when a razor blade company starts talking in that way, you know that uh, they're not really trying to reach their uh, their prospective customers they're they're trying to win the social justice battle and, and to earn points in that way so there's that sociological side of things but there's also 
the physical side of things, and this is very important as well. By all measures, he says, American men have been feminized. And now this is not the only place where I've read this, and this has been confirmed elsewhere. So uh, this, is, uh, this is not something that's just the idea of one guy, but it's something that has been tested and uh, the results are out there. He says, American men have been feminized. This is not a metaphor. Testosterone levels in men have been dropping for decades since at least 1987. Even after accounting for age, smoking, and obesity, the decline persists. The average drop has been about 1% per year, meaning that a 60-year-old man in 2004 had testosterone levels 17% lower than that of a 60-year-old man in 1987. The actual causes are still unknown, but many believe that greater exposure to environmental toxins such as pesticides and chemicals common in household products are to blame. Now, the trend, he says, has also been made worse by economic shifts. Decrease in demand for manual labor, many more men pursuing desk jobs that require no physical strength or movement. In 2016, researchers found a significant drop in grip strength in male millennials aged 20 to 34, from an average of 117 pounds in 1985 to 98 pounds in 2016. And surprisingly, grip strength loss was also detected in women. Loss of muscle mass is associated with lower testosterone levels. And he asks, is it at all surprising that between 2000 and 2013, the use of supplemental testosterone in men has skyrocketed? So we have a sociological movement which denigrates men, which... Uh, demonizes masculinity. We have physical changes that have been have been happening over the past couple of decades. We have societal changes in which men are, are more sedentary, less involved in manual labor, which uh, makes them less masculine in that way. And then at the same time, women increasing their representation in higher education professions previously dominated by men, such as law, medicine, and business. So greater competition. So these are some of the issues that men face, and that leads to things like the the development of ideas like that a, a rape culture exists, and where men are constantly led to examine themselves and to to change who they are, who they are by nature as men in relation to women. But. McDonald says this. He says, I think it is safe to say that if the husbands of these fearful women had stepped forward to offer a rational, reassuring voice that there was no need to worry, most of the women in the neighborhood would have been able to redirect their protective instinct toward more traditional and helpful mothering rather than uh, going after people who are, he's talking about go, people who were breaking the, uh, the social distancing and whatever other rules uh, were being enforced in the neighborhood in the time of the uh, COVID-19 situation. Yet, he says, the men remained silent, leaving a void that was quickly filled with female hysteria and rage. And I highlighted this section here. With the near disappearance of courageous men, women's fear and anxiety was amplified by both local and national media whose concerns no longer lay with reporting news, 
but rather with pushing partisan agendas and capturing as many viewers as possible. And so the the entire fear-mongering situation was worsened and uh, really made something even more pathological by big government and by big media. And so with an entire society paralyzed by fear, an emasculated male population unwilling to stand up for anyone's security, the number of Karens has exploded throughout liberal urban centers. Now the question, the question is now, of course, well, well, what do we do about that? And, and, and what can be done about that? And I think it seems to me that from a Christian perspective and from a biblically-based worldview, that what McDonald is saying makes a lot of sense. And this is something that, and, that, and that's why this is so important even beyond the, the entire COVID-19 situation, and, and, and it goes much deeper than that. It's much more profound because it speaks to the, the life in the church, it speaks to feminization within the church, uh, a lack of, of masculinity, uh, biblical masculinity, uh, a lack of that in the church, in the family, in society in general, and all of the problems which accompany that, one of which is this being governed by fear and anxiety, rather than having bold men take charge and do what they need to do, despite the opposition. People like Mark McDonald, for example, who who took that step out, wrote this book, and, and faces the, the challenges because of that. So he says he says this with with so many powerful institutions aligned against truth and with with fear, government, media, corporations, is there any hope for a national recovery? Is the United States doomed to remain in a perpetual state of trauma, its rational decision-making capacity utterly disabled? And he says, he goes on, he says, there is a way out of this dark pit, but it requires a reformation at every level of society, the individual, the family, and the community. It also requires that new organizations be built. The nation needs an infrastructure that is protected from corruption, one that supports and defends truth rather than the partisan interests of its constituents. All of this will require a recommitment to courage by the remaining Americans who still possess it. And that leads him into the final chapter of his book, which is The Way Forward, Working Our Way Back to Sanity. And he says the United States, in the beginning of this chapter, is now made up of two distinct classes of individuals, the rational and the irrational. Rational individuals are largely fearless, while the irrational tend to be living in tremendous fear. Unfortunately, the rational cannot rescue the irrational. The irrational must first commit to confronting their irrational beliefs and overcoming them. The path forward will be different for each person, but, he says, several recurring themes will almost certainly emerge. And he says, first of all, for men, it will require a display of courage. So what men need to do is to stand up. They need to stand up to the hysteria. They need to refuse to allow that hysteria to drive decision-making. So self-emasculation must end. Very strong words, but very well put. 
For women, he says, it will require emotional restraint. They will need to confront, to the extent that they have succumbed to it, the hyper-emotionality that has led them to respond to the current crisis in unhealthy ways. And then finally, so that's, that's for men and then for women, and finally he says, to properly address the ongoing damage being done to children, and that's one of the things that McDonald is most concerned about, is what has happened with uh, particularly, he focuses on the the uh, what happened in education, with schools being closed and distant education being uh, seen as a replacement for in-person education for children. Also, enforced masking and social distancing for children, which he also sees as being very damaging for children emotionally, psychologically. He he says finally to properly address the ongoing damage being done to children. Women and men and women will need to cooperate in this shared endeavor. Children have been victimized by often well-intentioned but thoroughly misguided adults who have abdicated their responsibility to protect their children from harm. And more generally, he says, individual accountability must be must be found before repair can begin at the group, community, and national levels. Only then can we make full use of organizational and institutional change, which is critical for returning the nation to a state of health for the long term. So the change needs to begin, and in order for it to, to, to be a real change, it, it needs to begin from on an individual level. So that's a, just, just a very brief rundown on, on the United States of fear, how America fell victim to a mass delusional psychosis by... Dr. Mark McDonald. It's published by Bombardier Books, an imprint of Post Hill Press, and is copyright 2021. And uh, I do highly recommend this book. There's a lot more to be said about it, but for a brief podcast, I think uh, you kind of get the gist of it and the importance of what McDonald says. And and the value of it uh, goes way beyond, actually, COVID-19 and the whole situation, because in, in our milieu in the 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 uh the historical context in which we find ourselves the the difference between men and women the fact that that uh he speaks about sex differences rather than gender differences i find that very uh endearing that makes me like the book already uh but to to speak about sex differences that men and women are different that that we are created differently that we have different roles that one men are not better than women or women are not better than men but we are different and we're meant to complement each other god saw when he created adam that it was not good for man to be alone so he made a helper fit for him and so they were created together to image god and to be an but in in an image of god and the relationship between male and female to be an image of the relationship between christ and his church and how we 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 work together. We have our we each have our strengths. We each have our areas where we need help, and uh, and when we work together in uh, in unity, and each offering what the 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 strengths that we have to offer to the process, it's a beautiful thing. Now, unfortunately, the whole idea of having two sexes, and now we have a multitude of genders, uh, which you can pick and choose for yourself, and ironically you can't really define what is a male role and what is a female role 
although somehow people can feel male or female because they like to fail uh, f- do things that are traditionally associated with the opposite sex. It's very strange how that works uh, and incongruent. It doesn't make any sense. But but that's that's the culture. That's the society in which we live. So speaking into that culture is not easy, especially when. It's so common for people like Mark McDonald, others like him, to be canceled and to be uh, castigated for their uh, their refusal to go with the program. So they become they're defined as misogynistic, or they hate women, or or any number of accusations are made, phobic of some sort. So to speak that that uh, to speak the truth into our society in that way. Uh, I very much appreciate that. So, uh, and, and I think his message is worth hearing and needs to be heard. And it's something that we as Christians need to not shy away from either. In our, in our tendency to want to be nice and to not want to offend anyone, we may and often do shy away from discussions like this. But it's a discussion that's necessary because there, when, when, when these natural God-ordained distinctions and differences are downplayed, ignored, removed, hated, we see the very negative results that happen. And some of those negative results we've seen over the last few years as uh, nations have become governed by fear rather than boldly addressing issues and, and addressing fears and confronting them as we should do. So on that note, I'm going to stop for now. And I hope uh, hope you find this discussion helpful. And if you did, uh, check out the book, Mark McDonald, The United States of Fear. Uh, also check out his st- Substack for int- very interesting articles. And uh, I'm going to be checking out his, uh, his newer book as well, because I'm sure, uh, judging by this one, it's, uh, it'll be a, a helpful one, I'm sure. And uh, please do pass on the link to the Rumble channel or to the, the audio podcast or if you're listening uh, on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to, pass it on. And my prayer as always, as I always conclude, is that these podcasts dealing with these issues and discussing these issues will help us to know the spirit of the age in which we live and to know we need to be, first of all, people who know our God. And that means also knowing his word. And that's, you know, our starting point. But at the same time, we need to be people who know the spirit of the age and recognize it and understand it. And we need to be people who are able to apply God's word and apply God's wisdom to the spirit of the age. And in doing that, be people who stand firm and take action in the words of Daniel 11, verse 32. So until next time, may God bless you. May God help us all to do just that, to stand firm and to take action.